Asian or American? Hi everyone, welcome to MX Asian American. My name is Karen Zhang, and this podcast is about the Asian American experience. Unpacking everything from mental illness, parental models, to food and pop culture. Hi everyone, welcome back to MX Asian American. Today we have a very special guest. Um, do you want to introduce yourself first? Yeah, sure. Uh, my name is Alan Z. I'm a rapper, singer, actor based in Atlanta, Georgia. You've heard some of my stuff probably if you watch Netflix or the CW or Fox Sports. Probably not, I'm just bragging. <laughs> but uh, I've been on, so like my songs have been on uh, Will Assassins, which is a show on Netflix, um, and a couple other uh, like TV shows and films and stuff like that. Um, I've worked with people like Raphael Shadik, Full Force, uh, some Asian American artists like Jason Chu, Xiao Main, and uh, yeah, Sappy Beer. Yay! You're probably one of the only famous people I have <laughs> on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, so before we begin and to jump into our topic, um, I just want to acknowledge my support for the Black community right now mm-hmm. and their fight against racism. Um, I also want to acknowledge that the racism towards the Asian American community does not come anywhere near the experience of the Black community. Uh, but I also think it's important to discuss the xenophobia surrounding our community as well. So um, I, I personally don't like to like frame it in a, in a sense of who has the worst because I think mm-hmm. when we do that, it becomes an oppression Olympics and it, no one really gets heard. So yeah. I, I'll, I'll say that our the way we're discriminated against is just different. So mm-hmm. like it's 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 not really fair to say like oh we have a worse or they have a worse because it frames it in a way of of who gets preferential treatment who so the way i see it is like i think with um a lot of asian americans um we we keep our issues so swept under the rug and mm. so when this whole covid thing came out and then people are getting attacked for being asian people would think it's new but we've experienced it since the start that's true know? so i think um to it, it's it's and going back to what you said about xenophobia what sucks about it is like we we're always seen as the foreigner right mm-hmm. so even when we came to this country even if we're naturalized citizens or we're, we're first second third generation it doesn't matter to them because they see you as asian before anything you can be yeah. like oh i'm from montana and they're like no where are you really from and you're like okay I, you, you got me i'm from wyoming you're like no really where, you know, <laughs> you can be from the whitest place it does not matter yep. you're chinese korean laos you know and um so yeah, it kind of erases your identity a bit. You know, it it, it kind of makes you mm-hmm. um, disassociated. Sure, yeah, so I'm sure like a lot of Asian kids growing up ha- have had those like identity crisis because it's mm-hmm. like it, all they've known is America, right? And then but they're confronted with this. No, you're you're no do something Oriental. What, you know how do you say this in your language? And you're like, bitch, I'm I'm speaking your language. <laughs> right now. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and for sure, and um, I definitely do want to um, you know. Uh, show solidarity to the black community too especially because like you know like that's a huge part of my life too in terms of mm-hmm. like where I've spent a lot of my, my time and, yeah and obviously as a hip-hop artist like you know it's a black art form and so it's like me being allowed in it means mm-hmm. their issues are my issues because it's like you can't just inherit the you know the uh, benefits without inheriting the pain you know mm, yeah exactly um so jumping right into it do you have like any instances when you were a child that you felt like kind of foreign or like you didn't belong or like yeah children can be really cruel sometimes <laughs> so yeah <laughs> any yeah, stories so, uh i would say i've been bullied like most of my life 
So I think my experiences with, uh, I guess, America and, and racism, it's, it's not like a shocker. Cause it's like, for me, I'm like, oh, that, that's ha- that happens to me since I was six years old, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, when I was uh, living in, in Maryland, um, it was, uh, I was in a black and Latino neighborhood. And um, the first instance I had in terms of like racism was, or doesn't belong was first grade. You know, it's like, uh, I got singled out. Um, kids were you know they were doing the whole eyes thing pulling the eyes of little oh Chinese. my god thing like ching chong you know and i remember one time uh because my mom would walk me from school you know back from school at home like these kids all ganged up on me and chased me saying like he's chinese he's chinese ching chong ching chong and my mom was like stop it and they're still just laughing and it's like it was so traumatizing because it's like you know i'm so young yeah so and i remember this one time uh, I asked my mom if I can just tell people that I'm not Chinese and I know that broke her heart. I was like six. I didn't know what yeah. I was doing. But she was like, no, you can't do that. And I'm glad she said it because it, it strengthened my resolve, you know? And um, so that was the first instance in terms of like just being confronted with, with you don't belong. You, you're not one of us. And then when I moved to um, to Seattle, um, it, it was similar, but in a sense of now, I, I brought a lot of my values from that other community too. So I, I was like, you know, I, I became a fan of hip hop. I, I started rapping. So now I'm the outsider, not just because I'm Asian, but because I'm an Asian with a with a, a weird hobby in, in their eyes or, or weird passion. Because now I'm just a kid. I'm, I'm like, I'm with all the black kids. I'm, I'm in ciphers. I'm doing rap battles. And they're just like, oh, you shut up. You're Asian. And so all the white kids would, would you know, team up and just like bully me. And that's when cyberbullying was a thing because the internet, oh, you know, yeah. I was a victim of that for sure. And so for me, it was just been a nonstop, uh, I guess, like obstacle of like, you don't fit, you don't belong, you can't do this, you're not this. And so me, when people talk about how Asians aren't discriminated against, it's, it's such a slap in the face yeah. to my experience. Because it's like, that's all I've known growing up, you know? I think what's more interesting about your um, story is that, like, on one hand, you're not like you don't belong in like America as a whole but also they also see another layer once like you started rapping and get into like hip-hop culture it's like you also don't belong there because <laughs> Asians are supposed to be like so studious and like do yeah. engineering or doctor or something like that you know yeah yeah it's so funny because I, I I kind of think of um this conditional belonging in America almost in a very similar way to the conditional belonging of Asian Americans in hip-hop too because mm. it's like okay you'll have people that co-sign you and, and, and like, you know, show you that they, they approve of you being in their culture. But then when something bad happens, like let's say if like Asian Americans or, or not even Asian Americans, any Asian does something, then they're like, oh, well, they, they did this in this country. So now they don't belong in our stuff. Blah, blah. And so now you're confronted with this. Oh, I thought, I thought we we're cool. And then it's like, they blame you because now you're the enemy. You know, like even if like, you know, I, I was just bringing up, like, the whole, like, Africans and China thing. It's like, obviously, us as Asian Americans, we have nothing to do with it. We, mm-hmm. we knew the, when they knew. So it's not like we, we had, like, the call, like, hey, this happened. We're, you know, and so, yep. and but then we're blamed. Even in hip-hop, like, you know, you I have friends that would just, you know, post stuff, like, you know, should we just boycott stuff from China? And it's like, and I'm like, dude, I'm right here. <laughs> you know me. Like, and you're you're doing this as if it's okay to say this when you know I'm reading something like this, you know? So, like you said, it's, it's, it's weird. It's like one side of not belonging is like as, you know, your American identity. And then the other side is when you're doing something that's not your primary culture, like something like hip hop, mm-hmm. you know, your place is conditional. Like it's yeah. like at any moment, somebody could like try and pull your card. Like, nah, yeah. you, you don't need to play with us. 
I think your point on conditional belonging is very true. Like even from like the beginning of immigration to to America, um, I think it was like I forgot what act it was, but it was an immigration act that um, only allowed like Asian people of like who had like a higher education to come here basically to win the Cold War um, and like start building you know technology and stuff like that. Yeah, so that that, uh, that was the Immigration Act of 1965. Yeah. And so I think it served a lot of purposes that were not for us. <laughs> so it's like, it's exactly. so, it was for white, for white supremacy, but it made us a pawn. So like what you, I didn't even know this about the Cold War. So it's good. I, I'm glad you brought it up. So I'm going to ask questions about that. However, what I know from the Immigration Act was we were used as pawns in their um, civil rights war. Mm. So during this time. That too. Was, when black uh, civil rights leaders were trying to lead the march and, and fight for equality, fight for you know their voices to be heard. And so uh, I guess the media or what the government or whatever brought Asians in from you know high education and special skills so that they're coming in with this almost like preset of, oh yeah, we'll make you somewhat successful so that we'll use you to make black people look bad. Like, oh, well Asians can do it, why can't you, right? And so we didn't know what was going on. So a lot of Asian people come into this country not knowing this history and then yeah. we have this tension with the black community because we don't understand either because this is what white people tell us. No, you're successful because you you work hard and Asian people love hearing that we work hard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're feeding this lie to us that we we can accept because we, we growing up, you know, like we, our parents tell us, if you work hard, you'll, you'll live a good life. So now we're told this lie by a white guy or whoever, you know, is, is in charge. And now we have this, um, I guess, misunderstanding <clears throat> with, with other oppressed minorities who didn't have those advantages, if that makes sense, because uh-huh. they didn't come to this country on, on the, um, the basis of like, you know, like achievement or education, they came in as like slaves, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So it's like they're, they're set back from how they're, they're set, you know, slaves and, um, and there was like, you know, sharecropping, all this, you know, like, so Jim Crow, all these debts. And now we're thrown in the mix without knowing any of this history because a lot of us that, that were immigrants, you know, like, we don't know what's going on. So now us as Asian American kids, we're learning our history and we, we realize we've been duped, you know? And so with this Immigration Act, like you said, it wasn't for us. We had the Chinese Exclusion Act to basically say, fuck you Asians, we don't want your kind here. And now it's like, suddenly do you want us? No, they're, we were used, you know? So... Yeah, it's really insidious, you know. Yeah, totally. I think for me, going back a little bit, I grew up in like a community uh, that was very diverse. So they were like very open to all different kinds of ethnicities and races. Um, I live in Duluth or I grew up in Duluth, Georgia, Mm -hmm. which Georgia doesn't seem like, you know, a (laughs) very great place. Um, (laughs) But that community is like, very i don't want to say asian dominated but like yeah. not it's, it's, that it's many like, white people <laughs> like uh there's a lot of koreans i believe uh-huh. there's latinos and, it's, and there's a lot of black people and yeah like you said it's not it's a white a white place in georgia is like outside of atlanta you know yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah basically well, like outside all, of metro atlanta yeah like yeah. in the rural whatever <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah um so i wasn't i don't want to say bullied yeah, I wasn't, like, bullied in school or anything like that, but there were instances of, like, like you said, the um, they would, like, pull their eyes or whatever at me. It, sometimes it wasn't, like, from someone that was white. It might be from, like, an Asian classmate. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's funny you mentioned that because I remember also getting bullied by Vietnamese kids because Mm -hmm. now I think to them it was like finally we have someone else we can pick on. Yeah. This is this when I was in elementary school. So mm-hmm. like they were like, "Yeah, Vietnamese people are better." And I'm like, "Do you realize that to, to them we're <laughs> we're we're the same? <laughs> You're speaking Chinese to them no matter what." So, but no, I remember. I just it's it's interesting you said that because I do remember that there was like a bunch of Vietnamese kids that were like say Ching Chong, and I'm just like, "Dude, you sound like Ching Chong to them too." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. exactly. I remember the Ching Chongs as well. Um, I think one other thing that I kind of felt really different than other people but i wasn't like made fun of for was like um like the food is just so different um once i got to like elementary and then started eating like cafeteria food and stuff i just could not adjust at all Mm. um because like i I don't know i couldn't stomach american food for some reason like i would throw up at school for a long time yeah well i never I, i never like um I think had that experience. I know a lot of Asian kids that have, like, you know, the whole, like, stinky food thing or whatever, yeah. as it would be called. But, um, no, I, I remember my, my parents never packed lunch for, for me for school just because I think it was, it was probably easier for them to just integrate me into, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Because we, at home, we eat Chinese food, we eat a lot of authentic food, and then we go there, it's a bunch of bland food. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it's like, there. And, you know, I think I, I, I was used to it, you know, it's like, but, um, yeah, it, it is weird because this phenomenon of food just kind of came out of nowhere because, like you said, um, people that used to th- say we have weird food are now eating those exact same weird food and now trying to colonize it and make it their own and say, no, we'll make it our own. Like, we'll fusion it. This, yeah, gentrification is just, food. yeah. I don't know. This, like, thing on matcha, um, Chinese food, Pan yeah, Express. So I, okay, well, I can't, I can't uh, dismiss that because Pan Express is owned by, like, a Chinese Yeah. Company. So they're, they're, they're like fake real. <laughs> like, they're like, like yes. I just want to say they're catered towards white people. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you think about a lot of like Asian restaurants, it's not catered for us. Like yeah. you'd have to go somewhere like deep in Chinatown somewhere to find one authentic place, right? Yeah. Like, you're not. I don't think we're ever going to find like a place that's resonant of like an Asian country. Like you go to Asia and it's like the food, the flavors are just different. So. There yeah. are actually some like restaurants in asia who are catered towards white people too and i find that really interesting um like especially in like tourism areas yeah it's probably like you said because there's i think there's a lot of hot spots now for uh, for foreigners like there's mm-hmm. so many so many expats i think that's what you call it and uh yeah they definitely want to cater to that for sure that's why there's like mcdonald's everywhere yeah China, you know? <laughs> yeah exactly so moving along are there other instances of like blatant xenophobia that you experienced like as an adult i'd say yes like you know like there's a lot of microaggressions i've heard throughout the years and sometimes i'll just like look at them weird or or i'll say something snide because i just i like being petty but it's like it's like things that i'm sure you've heard it too it's just like um oh wow you speak so well for your kind or like or uh, i hate that so much Or they'll like beat around the bush and not say like what race you were. Ch- they'll be like, so yeah, so like, what up? What do your parents speak at home? Like, I'm just like, motherfucker, just ask me what like, just ask me my descent or whatever. It's but they'll play. It's so annoying and it's like, why are you so curious? And it's like, oh, I get it. I was either gonna say Chinese or Japanese. I'm like, that's all. That's because you. That's all you know. You know, it's so annoying. Like they'll play also the whole like, the, like classic. Where are you from? Where are you really from? No, where are you really from? Yeah. Where are your grandparents from? And it's like, why do you care so much? Why? 
I'm not asking if you're from Scotland. Like, why do you, why are you so interested <laughs> to know my, you know, origin, you know? And uh, there's that. And I remembered um, when I was in LA, I was in Venice Beach and I was with some friends and there were some YouTubers and they were vlogging and stuff. So I was, you know, going along with them. And um, there was like these, uh, these dudes, like, uh, you know, they were selling mixtapes, you know? And he, he, he sees me, he goes, Konnichiwa. And I was like, all right. Dude, even if like, I was Japanese, even if I, I had, I, and I, I didn't, I didn't like pick a fight with him because I'm like, he, he, he just doesn't know. So I'm like, look, even if I was Japanese, why do you think that this would be okay to say? Yeah. You know, like, it, it doesn't make any sense to me because you should assume that if we're living in a country that speaks English, that I would speak English. And two, it's like, how could you just, just know out of all dozens or I don't know how many Asian countries there are that I'm Japanese. Like you'd have to have like an Asian radar that's so precise to be like, you know what? I can tell by his facial structure that he's <laughs> so yeah. And I was just like, look, man, this is one. I'm Chinese American, but even so, you you shouldn't go to a random Chinese person. Don't need how it just it just slap in the face. I'm not going to come to you and start using random ebonics just to appeal to you or, or think that this is cool. You know what I'm saying? Like. Even if I grew up a certain way, I'm not going to do that to you because you don't know me. You know, even mm-hmm. if you're, you're a white or non-Asian that grew up in like an Asian community, I don't know that about you. So for you to, to do that, it comes off like, oh, you don't see me as an equal. You see me as, you know, like a foreign person that needs to, pan- to be pandered to with their language. And, uh, you know, I mean, I think the best thing to do is, is, uh, is to hopefully educate, you know, like, I mean, I try not to like get to, I mean, because I'm a very aggressive person, <laughs> so, but I tried not to overly like be angry about it if, uh-huh. if, if it's not out of malice if it's mm-hmm. obviously like if they're coming at me in a certain way then I'm, I'm a match the energy but if I know they're just ignorant it's like okay let me see if I can actually get through to this person so he doesn't do it, he or she doesn't do it to the next person mm-hmm. I think my experiences are similar to your to yours like just a lot of microaggressions mm-hmm. like all, all of those things that you just said and people talk to me like ni hao or even like yobaseo or like other languages that are Asian to them. Um, and they probably only know that one word in that language. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's this one time that I was working at a Chinese restaurant and um, I heard another customer talk to like my coworker mm-hmm. and was like, oh wow, you speak English so well. And I was just, I was about to blow off, <laughs> but it wasn't like my customer. So I just like, calm down. <laughs> right, right. You should be like, so do you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I didn't know you spoke English so well, too. Like, I went to college yeah. in the States. <laughs> right, right, exactly. But, and, um, um, oh, sorry, no, go ahead. Yeah, and then with, like, recent um, COVID-19 stuff, I I haven't experienced, like, uh, anything that was explicit, but I have felt paranoid when I go outside. Um, especially, like, it was like in the very beginning of this when like states were starting to lock down. I know Georgia's not locked down anymore, but um, when we were, when we had the stay at home order, I went to get groceries at this place, um, had a mask on and gloves on too. Mm-hmm. But like everyone else was not wearing a mask and they would just see me and like start, you know, move to the next aisle, mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um. So I felt paranoid with that. And then the other day, I went to for a jog in the morning. And it, this is also after Ahmaud Aubrey. Okay. So I saw a few people. And then we would just, like, you know, cross the street and avoid each other, basically. Uh, and then I passed a house 
with the, like a huge American flag sticking out of it. I'm, I don't want to stereotype or anything, but <laughs> this white lady came out and started following me while I was jogging, which scared the crap out of me. Um, but I didn't look back or anything. I just continued jogging. Okay. And then after a few, like a decent distance, I looked back and then she wasn't there anymore. But I was like, the fear was real during that time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, that's really scary. And it's and like you said, it, it's scary because like that mod thing happened. So mm-hmm. it's like eerie, you know, it's like, why is this person following you? You know, um, I, okay. So as far as this app, uh, I guess, post COVID state that we're in, I've been just kind of quarantining just because I'm very paranoid. Like I'm, I'm very scared of being sick. So yeah, I just yeah. kind of like, I avoid, um, cause I've heard so many horror stories about what it does to your lungs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I just avoid people as much as I can. Like, you know, like, I mean, obviously, if I have to do something like, like if I have to get my AC fixed or something, I'll, 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 I'll you know, whatever. But I just, um, I, I try to avoid public places because I feel like, like you said, people don't have the same decency as you. They're not going to yeah. think about you. They're going to be like, I don't want to wear a mask because it inconveniences me. It's like, okay, I guess we're all getting sick. Um, and, but I do know that if I was to be out in the streets with everyone right now, um, like you said, you probably would look at me differently, you know, and, uh, that, that's it's a tough reality and that's something i worry about for people that's older than us you know like our parents age and yeah exactly and they're the ones that get targeted. We're, for us it's like okay we've been through american racism we know how i feel so it's like we can handle a little bit better but with them it's i i'd say that's like traumatizing you know because it's like yeah they're older, they and don't a deserve- lot of them don't like speak english well yeah so it's like how do you how do you even like I, i've i've had this like you know talk with my parents it's like you know my mom it's like her like if their english isn't good enough to do have comebacks it's not fair it's like how do you insult someone knowing they can't come back at you like you you insult me i'm gonna make fun of you until you cry because i you know i'm I'm proficient i'm I'm an eloquent person but someone who's like our parents age who may have came into this country later they don't have the same lingo so it's like you're doing this is unfair you're playing an unfair game at that point you know and uh, yeah so that's the thing i think people target the weak and it's really it really sucks it's like for me i'm like come at me come at me so i can show you why not to fuck with my people, you know, and, but they won't, they're going to come after like the elderly, the women and uh, children, unfortunately, you know. Yeah. I, my grandparents are living with me right now and they are so scared. They they haven't been outside in, I don't know, forever. Um, probably ever like for four, four or five months now. Mm-hmm. Um, and all their friends, like friends like in America and friends back home who have like, you know, passed the COVID thing in China right now. I don't, they feel like so, the, the, their friends back home have such a different experience from like old people right now because they feel like everyone in China like united together against this like virus. But everyone here is kind of like split. Yeah, I just don't know how to digest that right yeah, now, even now. It's funny because I saw a post about that yesterday. Somebody was like, tell me why, like, in other countries, they're beating this, but us, we're, we're like, still number one in, in death. <laughs> yeah. And I don't comment because it's like, I feel like somebody be like, shut up, you're Asian. <laughs> but, you know, but in my head, I'm like, I'm digesting it, like you said, and it's like, it makes a lot of sense because one third or more Americans think this shit is a hoax. So it's what? like, yeah, they, they're still believing this, this conspiracy. There's so many people now that are just like, oh, it's not a big deal. And I think people don't realize it's a real thing until someone close to them 
actually has the virus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's it's sad. And then there's, I know a lot of people who's, um, you know, like loved ones have passed. So I know that it's it's serious. You mm-hmm. know? And you, you can play Russian roulette all you want, but it's like, yeah, it's just because we're young doesn't mean that we don't have pre-existing health conditions. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Like, um, I have mild asthma, so I was like, I'm not risking that shit, you know. And um, yeah, and it's 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 weird because, like you said, so there's certain countries that um that get it, where it's like, okay, we as a country right now need to um move together and and trust that we're doing the right thing by locking shit down and you know uh, making it safe for everyone. But for us, right, soon as this lockdown or stay in place like was announced, there was so much resistance, and as you can tell, people. People like you can't even say that we're locked down because immediately they're gonna think of martial law. Like there's so many conspiracies right now saying that oh this shit is planned. They just want to lock us down. Blah, blah. And for me, I'm like motherfucker. What what can be benefit from from everyone staying at home and not helping the economy? Yeah, what can exactly. be possibly gain from you not contributing money to the system? It's stupid. It's just so stupid. It's like get your Alex Jones ass out of here, man. Like it's just like just let people like have like let nurses and doctors have the time to, to, you know, like treat people right now so that you don't become a statistic because now, mm-hmm. right. It's like, people still don't, it's like with Italy, right? Like they're choosing who to live and live and die. And I think right now with this whole, um, I guess chaos in our country, like people are forgetting people are still dying. Like it's just, just because the news aren't reporting it doesn't mean that people are not getting hospitalized. You know? Yeah. Recently I've like gotten kind of a slap in the face on how media like skews a narrative so yeah. much. Um, right. So like, I am moving more towards like a distrust in media and now I don't really know where I should get my news um, from but um, yeah anyways that reminds me of one thing one time I I was working at a like takeout store kind of um, that was inside a Chinese grocery market and I was eating lunch I, I, I I was a cashier I was eating lunch and then someone came up, so I went up to like take their order. But I was still chewing. I think I coughed. It was like in March or February. And then the 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 lady was Asian and then she like took three steps back and was <laughs> like, Do you have the virus? Oh my God. And I was kind of offended, but I mean I could I can like I get why they're like so paranoid and like scared and stuff like that, but I was still offended. Well, I, it's funny because Asians are like discriminatory towards Asians too. So yeah, that was exactly what I was going to segue yeah. into. I was yeah. like, do you have like any thoughts on internalized or like internal racism among the Asian American community? Yeah. Okay. This is such a big like thing to like just unload. And so feel free to like add on to my points. But yeah. it's, oh my God, it's like years and years of like self-hate, self-loathing and like tribalism and it's like i don't even know where to start with this question because it's like i could write a whole master thesis for you but it's like it's but it's no sorry go ahead i can i can start um i know there's a lot of like regional um discrimination like amongst just like the chinese community okay. um, yeah. who's like oh i'm from this province but you're not from this province so my son or daughter cannot marry you you're okay. you know what i mean um or, I, i've heard that things like the uh, Beifang, uh, uh yeah yeah like north and south yeah yeah those things but i feel like those things are less rampant in america um 
because I think in America we just think of us as just Chinese in general, but they're still like different. <laughs> if you're Korean or Vietnamese, you're still Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> but there's still like differences among um, like northern and western and like southern um, Chinese, um, yeah. especially like I'm, I'm from the southern province, and I, I definitely know that our uh, our attitudes are a little different from like say from Beijing. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm from, like you know, like Sichuan, so I'm from uh-huh. We're, we're from the, uh, like, I guess, like, the spicy region, so, the, like, <laughs> like, my temper, I guess, but it's, like, it's a, it's a thing, it's, like, you, it's, a I guess, uh, I mean, I didn't, I didn't, like, I didn't really grow up in China, but it's, like, I, just from what my parents have told me, it's, like, this yeah. is, you know, I get certain mannerisms, but, no, like you said, it's, it's culturally, even in China, is different, because mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know, it's, like, China is, like, uh, a country of warring kingdoms we all we all came together, even when we were at war with each other, but we're, like, okay, we speak the same language, let's just, band together as a middle kingdom in the middle yep. like you know what i mean yeah and, uh, and but, i think uh, yeah go ahead sorry also within um the chinese community specifically i think we hate um koreans and we also hate the japanese because of world war ii oh my god <laughs> and only world war ii but um i think first world war right because before, oh yeah, yeah yeah that too i mean the japanese the, okay I, I mean no disrespect to Ch- japanese people but throughout history they were like it's terrible to Chinese and Korean people. Like, yes, raped and massacred, and it's a. Uh, I don't want to say it's justifiable, but it's like the anger I understand because <laughs> it's like you yeah. don't forget that history. The same way I'm sure Jewish people will never forget. Like, yeah, Holocaust. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's it's. There's so much to unload with. And um, also, unpack- it's like know. not that far removed from us. Um, like you could have grandparents or like great grandparents right yeah. now who lived like, through that time. Mm-hmm yeah and and okay so um when it comes to like the, the internal racism um because you, you said a lot about like uh, i guess w- what it's like for people in like i guess asia and like those like chinese communities and, and stuff like that I, w- I would just say i remember growing up there was definitely a disconnect between the abcs and the fobs so yes good english you don't want to hang out with the kids that um were just fresh out the boat you know and and i think that sucks because now i'm now that i'm older i love hanging out with fobs because it, it connects and now it feels like i'm connected to my roots more I can speak Chinese to them, you know what I'm saying? Or even yeah. like Korean pop, whatever, because I can, it's like they have a viewpoint that's so different from mine, but I can learn mm-hmm. from them, vice versa, you know? Yeah, I, as a kid too, I was also like, I didn't really want to hang out with the fobs. I think that's also part of the education system that was like imposed on us um, to like speak fluent English or like, mm-hmm. you know. So, but as I grew older, I think I'm more inclined even to be in that circle but it's kind of hard i'm still like an undergraduate student right now and um i want to like connect with international students but it's kind of hard because they're kind of clicky Mm -hmm. um and like it's just like hard to get into like their click for some reason i can i can see that i can see that because i remember when i went to emory the korean click was so like heavy it was like mm-hmm. they, didn't, they didn't fuck with you if you're in korean or speaking korean yeah they exactly speak english we were always outside the dorm smoking cigarettes the, you know what i'm saying like it, it was their thing you yeah. know you don't you, you don't you don't break into that that's like you know um but um i would just say to add on to i guess your point right now we're at a point where I think Asians are, we're we're finally coming into this identity, right? Because we're learning a lot about ourselves that we didn't know before. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of, a lot of Gen Z kids and millennials, they're they're a lot more woker than we, than, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, we're millennials, but I'm saying like, in terms of like these kids coming, like the Gen Z more so, they're, they're, I guess, 
trying to figure out what it means to be Asian American. Yep. Not in a frame of, oh, I didn't know if I wouldn't want to be white. Or no, they're like trying to figure out like what, you know, where, what our place is. It's like their to... identity is more stable. I don't want to say stable. Yeah, like they sure. are, they come into this already knowing they're Asian American. Now they just need to figure out what that means. But for us, it was more like, am I Asian? Am I American? Or am I Asian yeah. American? Like, what am I? Yeah, because I was, I grew up being called a rotten banana because I was, you know, I was friends with a bunch of black people. So all the Asian kids called me that. You know what I'm saying? They didn't, didn't want to fuck with me because they didn't wow. think I was Asian. But um, uh, to add to that point, so it, it's, it's, I wouldn't say we're all the way there yet because like, there's still a lot of um, confusion and self-hate even amongst that because, okay, so the first, I'd say, wave was, like you said, that the confusion, the identity crisis, which was, you know, the 90s and 2000s, and also, like, the, the, the whitewashed wannabes, the ones, the kids that hate Asian people, you know what I'm saying, they, they want to hang with all the white kids, almost like the model minority, like, I guess the stereotype, right? Mm-hmm. But and then there's the, the wave of, our, you know, like, the bobo liberals, you know what I'm saying? Like the and and like Us? all the huh? no, I'm not no no fuck that. I'm not a bubble liberal, and I'm I'm explaining later why. But um, uh, there's that, and there's like you know the, the the ones who like put down other Asians to look good in front of other races. Like, oh, I'm not down with a- Asians. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done so much fucked up shit. Let me pander to you. There's that, but then there's I think that the third wave is um. You know, like I would say, like people like me and you who are, who are trying to understand not only our identity, but like how we can, you know, be better uh, in alliance with other other communities. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, because we have knowledge of self, now we can come to you and build together as a community, as opposed to not knowing who we are. And we're just going to like latch on to your, your movement. And you know what I'm saying? But now so we have something worth contributing because we, we know our place, we know our history. And I think that's something that's going to um, I guess, wash away that self-hate, you know, because the more you know about yourself and the more you know about what your ancestors have been through in this country, like, the less reason you have to doubt yourself. Like, mm-hmm. you only doubt yourself if, like, you know nothing about yourself and people are telling you who you are. They're, they're drilling in your head, you're honorary white or you're chink, you're this, and then you're like, oh, maybe I am, you know? So, yeah. And um, I think hopefully there'll be less and less Asians that hate other Asians if they learn to love themselves first, you know? Mm, yes. Words of wisdom deserve a snap (laughs) um after talking about all of this uh types of racism what do you think like the best way to combat racism is like from personal level or like to a community level it's tough because it's like there's there's so many different styles of you know, not styles, but uh, it makes it sound like it's a martial art. <laughs> <laughs> Different types of racism, right? So it's like, if we're, if we're to address racism on an individual basis, um, one is, of course, to protect ourselves if they're coming at us aggressively. But if, it, if it's from a place of ignorance, the best way is to have that open dialogue. So I'm someone who advocates for um, talking to people, um, you know, like, openly without without any kind of like you know like beating around the bush especially if they're from like a different community and they don't really know shit about asians and they think we don't know about them so you know i think if you come with knowledge and you come with you know just an open mind and hopefully they listen that's the best way to be like oh i didn't know about your people like this so now i'm going to stop being a dick to you (laughs) You but then there's that tough part about systemic racism which is you know obviously what you know people right now are fighting for against you know this the injustice which is uh, you know, a long time coming in terms of like what they've done to African Americans. 
I think that that comes with us finally raising our voice, you know, and, and not being afraid to, you know, um, I guess, lose out on opportunities. Because I think like a lot of Asian celebrities, not to call any of them out, they don't really speak up because you don't want to, they don't want to lose that money. You know what I'm saying? They don't, they're scared of losing sponsorships because, you know, it's like if, if this is a very um, white corporate world, especially even the media, they don't want to piss off their bosses, right? Mm -hmm. But as you know, there's a lot of African-American public figures that are just like, no, nah, fuck that. <laughs> I don't care who I've been. I'm standing for my rights. And that's what Asians need. It's like, know that it's okay to lose out on, on stuff that may not be for you because there's going to be way more for you in, in the future and because you've done something not only for money but you've done something for impact to change that the path of, of us as people you know so i think that's i think that's also because of the model minority you know like yeah. stereotype yeah because they, they want to they want to lay low and that mm -hmm. you know not to not like not offend anyone who's like in power and like may mm. determine their lives um, so that's why a lot of Asian Asians in the community don't join in on protests or activism or anything political mm -hmm. because they feel like it'll endanger their like. <laughs> that's so true. Yeah, like growing up, I've always heard like, uh, my, well, my mom hated whenever I got into fights. Right? She hated when I, I would uh, confront someone, like say, like I'm in public. Like, let's say if they said something to me or them, I'm just like, what the fuck you saying? I'm just like, go ahead, do something. And my mom will always yell and be like, what if this comes back to our family? What? The exactly. <laughs> like, Fine. Like we have rights. And she's like, no. This is, and it's like I get it because, like you said, I think it's almost like PTSD because you can't do that in the old country. You know, mm -hmm. it's certain things you can't do. So it's like it's a very American thing to think. No, bitch, I have my rights i will fight for it back in you know like you know like if you're from korea or china or, or different countries that have a very like different system you know like they'll just suck it up <laughs> yeah suck it up you say uh you know i'm like, sorry China. whatever <laughs> yeah and just walk away think you know basically saying you live to see another day right but mm -hmm. me i think probably because of how i grew up and being someone who has that chip on his shoulder because of these experiences i'm just like no i'm not taking i'm like look i took all the ching chongs in, when i was in first grade i'm not taking it to here you, you go so it's it's a yeah it's a weird thing right it's like you have to defeat i guess uh ide ideologies that we hold right like you said that this this idea that we need to be docile abide by the system but it's like what for if this system is meant to fuck you why are you allowing like you know what i'm saying why are you enabling it and instead of saying no I, i'm tired of the bamboo ceiling i'm tired of the fact that i've worked my ass off and got my master's and i will never be an exec in your company because I'm, i don't have the same skin tone as you You know what i'm yep. saying it's like people think about asian people being successful but they don't think about the fact that you can be super smart all the way qualified and they'll treat you still as a workhorse yep. i know this from how my parents were treated in the workforce you know what i'm saying in terms of my dad has a phd and it's like i've he, he's told me stories about like how he has never risen to a certain like executive branch even though he's smarter than his bosses and now that i'm older i get it it's like you're in a white company and you're not going to sit in that round table you know what i'm saying yep. and that's if you don't if that's not racism i don't know what that is because that's the, as systemic as it gets you yep. know a lot of asians in the community are used as pawns like yeah. basically goes back to like the immigration act of 1965 <laughs> basically we like i heard this um from another podcast um called asian boss girls they were talking about how i still that knowledge from here and i'm going go ahead and um it's 
it's like they, they were saying how asians are used more as like weapons of the company uh-huh. basically and they're not the one who's actually you know driving the ship um because they're such a good labor force they're so hard working that they want to keep them at a level that's like middle tier so that all the work gets done oh my god that's so true like wow yeah yeah like it's like it's like okay yeah you'll do all the work we'll take the credit and we'll 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 have the speeches that you wrote for us exactly and it's like how and i think that goes for um just every single i'd say like um i guess like line of work in america you know what i'm saying like even yeah. okay i'll bring it back to hip-hop um there's always been this thing where asians have been in hip-hop right but they've, they've always been behind the, in the background so like um uh you know there's asian djs there's um asian break dancers uh uh you know like there's like for example um riz's manager was a korean woman um snoop dogg's manager ted chang is a korean man right and then there's like you know like all these different different figures but then suddenly it's a problem when someone like me comes in and wants to take the spotlight because it's like like you said the work workforce do do all the work for us but if you want to shine oh no fuck that you know you're gonna have you know you have it 10 times harder now so it's it's a weird it's like it's like no you don't deserve it because they're and they're i guess in 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 uh non-asians minds they're so used to us saying oh me so sorry like you know like just (laughs) passive and bowing and shit and just and not fighting for what we deserve you know so that's why i think um it's weird because when asian people now are speaking up about the racism we're facing people are almost seeing it like how dare you it's almost like because there's right so they're it's almost like to them they're more angry at the fact that we're angry than the racism that we faced you know yeah because a lot of them are just like your lives are so much better your lives are so good because of like the few stats they have on you know people asian americans who are rich um right. and they would just use that and pose it on the whole community and be like your lives are really good why are you speaking up against this you guys Which didn't do it before you know what's funny about that like when i, I hate when people do the whole like wealth thing because just we have the largest wealth disparity in, in any minority so it's like by saying okay the the few upper east asian people that have wealth you're shitting on all the refugees, all the immigrants that are still struggling, the people that are still work in the hood for minimum wage, right? And because they have nowhere else to go. They live in the Chinatowns, the, the Korea towns, and they're just stuck. You're, it's like, you can't discount that. It's like, you're, that's like almost like saying, well, black people had a black president, so shut the fuck up. That's, what, that's really what white people would do, right? It's like, you can't do that with Asians. It's, they're doing, oh, well, you guys have, uh, I don't know, like Mr. Shang has, a billion dollars so you should be happy like what does that have to do with me you know in Atlanta so that, yeah, one, that's, that's so true and and two I think people are discounting this this um this thing like you're saying about being the workhorse right like never rising to a position of power so what what does having middle class status or upper class status mean if you have no voice if you yeah. have no power to say okay I'm gonna make changes within this corporate setting or within my community right because we don't have a lot of we don't have barely any political leaders we don't really have like like a al sharpton or whoever to to basically speak for us we're speaking for ourselves right and um social currency is probably something that people overlook so much in our community not community sorry our 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 society because right now man like money isn't the only thing driving 
this this generation it's how much clout do you have clout is maybe like a, a lingo but this it's social currency in terms of attention it's so valid why do you think kids are fucking licking ice cream and fucking toilet seats for it's it's so important to have a voice now right yeah and for generations asians have have had no voices which is why people like me and you we fight so hard to be heard because being silenced is like the worst pain it's like <laughs> it's like being a ghost like you're saying all these things and people just choose to ignore you because you're a certain skin color. So mm. I hate that. I hate that argument of our lives are better. It's like, have you ever lived in our shoes? Did, mm-hmm. did you ever think to put yourself in our position? You know what I'm saying? That's like, instead of throwing these random stats in our faces, have you ever thought about what it, like, let's trade shoes and tell me exactly what, like in, in a day, tell me if you feel the same way, you know? Mm. Well said. Wow. Yeah. I really agree with your discussion on like social currency. And I think, it's scary at times um, because people sometimes don't know how to earn this social currency. Mm. And I also think a lot of Asian American people also don't know how to do that as well. Um, Cause technology has been, has transformed our lives within the past like decade. Yes. And a lot of like older generations, like my parents, they, they have no idea what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Why people like do this on social media and what is social media, stuff like that. Um, But yeah, I think this, this generation and this future generations will finally bring about some change through that. Yeah. And uh, I would say, I think there is hope though, even, even with the older generation, because now there's this whole movement of of people our age, like kids our age talking to our parents about what's going on. Yeah, exactly. And that's something that we've never done before. You know, Mm -hmm. we've always claimed, Asian parenting as tiger moms and you know the the, the Asian dad with the, you know the B plus you know like the, just these like kind of like tropes but now we're we're you know I think we're coming to a point where we're um we're um I guess having more genuine experiences mm. are treating them you know listening to them for real like why why um I guess Chinese people or Koreans in the old country have these kind of thoughts and let's break down what happens to us because I remember being a kid and my mom was telling me like how in China we've had such a glorious kingdom, right? And then all these European countries came and fucking ransacked our shit. Like we had so many artifacts. We showed them, it's like like the Native Americans, we showed them hospitality. They took our shit and now we're savages because you know they didn't want to justify taking all the glories of the East and Orient. So me, I grew up radical <laughs> because I've learned so much. I had so much hate <laughs> because I was like, yes. motherfuckers like, did this to us you know so i'm like no i'm not i'm not white i'll never be white and of course like i love white people don't worry like my, my <laughs> i'm not i'm not i'm not against white people but in my head the system i was so angry at it the imperialism i was just very against it i'm very like just uh i guess knowledgeable about that you know and i think i think with us being able to communicate that with our parents and explain to them why we got to be down with the black lives like uh black lives matter movement the, their community and being solidarity why we have such tension i think uh i think they're more willing to listen because they see that this world is really not what it is. Right? like the, like you said i think a lot of people are now finding distrust for the media because if you notice our our uh i guess our um generation we're always constantly making fun of the news we're all just like like we have the real truth like on twitter and whatever and then we'll see we'll point out how flawed traditional media is yep. because they're gonna frame a narrative we're learning things like narrative and you know the, the political games the chess moves that they're making and uh i don't know it's like it's like now finally we're seeing more of the truth than than uh than before you know 
I've been trying to have like more productive conversations with my mom on the BLM um, and the protests that are happening right now because they still have really ingrained like anti-black notions Mm. so I'm trying to educate them um, and I'm really glad that there's a lot of like translated resources online now um, that help us explain this to our parents as well Mm. so yeah hopefully the future looks better yeah, like I was so proud, proud of my parents because my, my mom called me about those letters. She said, like, some oh, Chinese wow. words. Well, uh, and, of course, she has me from Yale, first of all. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a way to make them listen. Uh, um, wrote to her parents, and then she was asking me a bunch of questions. We just had, like, an hour-long conversation, and I just went into my full, like, uh, I guess, like, revolutionary, like, Asian Fred Hampton mode. And I was just <laughs> down, like, uh, I guess, what they did to us and then what they did to them and mm-hmm. how... We were used as pawns to fight against each other and just you know she, she was just taking it in you know and um i don't know i almost cried because i'm just like i never thought I, i'd be able to have these conversations with right my mom. You know what I'm saying? So, so wholesome anyway and uh and not only me but um her friend group they would ask their daughters and their sons the same question who's our, you know our age and then they'll tell them the same thing i told them which is you know what the movement means what our community um was used for you know like what during this whole black and white power struggle and um i think we're, we're kind of opening up to seeing that because i think okay this is what's weird without this whole covid anti-racism it'll be i mean anti-asian racism it'll be a lot harder to have these conversations because they can fall back into just just hard work hard and people will leave you alone now it's like no you get you get a fucking degree from harvard you're still getting caught a chink because you're mm-hmm. asian you know what i'm saying it's like this now this this whole uh ideology is, is shaken up because now mm-hmm. there's there's no right or wrong you can't just say oh i have a phd now the world's gonna no it's like no fuck that you're asian they're gonna treat you like a monster because they see you as a virus now so mm-hmm. i think um that that's one thing too it's like now we, we see that meritocracy doesn't mean shit in this country you mm-hmm. know? yeah uh i want to thank you so much for this conversation i think i needed someone else like other than you know my friends and like my parents talk about covid and um, blm right now so yeah thank you oh, no problem do you have like any last words you want to tell the listeners yeah okay so i would say um one thing that i've learned throughout all this is you can never stop learning i'm, I'm mm. learning stuff every day like i just literally threw that word boba liberal at you because i learned it yesterday <laughs> wait what does that actually mean okay. i think i misheard you like a, it's like a negative uh term for for like whitewashed asians that um play into this notion of white adjacency mm. but they'll 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 pander to like say like a, a bandwagon like say black lives matter but they'll do it in a, in a very like honorary white guilt type of way so they'll put down other asians and then they'll be like no you know what oh uh, you know we we have we benefit from this system we have this privilege so we have to it's like they'll they'll echo certain notions that um white people say about how they need to be better allies and they'll say that about asians so they're framing mm. us as them you know what i'm saying so now people get this idea of twisted it's like instead of us banding together as fellow oppressed minorities they're thinking of allyship as well, we're asian, separate yeah yeah instead so the allyship is it's different now right so that's um um yeah i mean i'll send you like i'll probably just like message you like a the longer definition because i'm yeah yeah but it's uh yeah it's like it's, an, it's not a good term <laughs> it's like a, it's okay. like a term of noted yeah like the ones okay, and, the, and i think boba is uh, you say it's because it's like you know it's like being soft like being just you know like just not 
steadfast with your beliefs. And it's just, mm-hmm. there's a lot of gaslighting that they do to other Asians who try and do good. You know what I'm saying? And um, yeah. I think, so, so I think I say this to say knowledge itself is so important, especially when you really don't know who you are until you, you like research your full history. Like if, if you're not ready to unpack your trauma from, from that your ancestors have been through, you're not ready to know who you are. And that's, mm. that's something that I think we all have to go through. We have to read about the fact that if you're Asian, we've had the largest lynching of our people in this country. Like 17 people were lynched in, in 1871. We're not going to learn about them in history books. You got to look that shit up yourselves. You know, like, the fact that they tied dynamite to, to the backs of Chinese men and threw them into mines you know what I'm saying, to open up the railroads, and we still took us out of the pictures when it was built. The fact that Filipinos were put in public display, forced to eat dogs in front of white people in Saint, the St. Louis World Fair in like 19, the 1900s, in camps, like, you know, saying that if you're not, if you're Japanese, get the fuck out of our neighborhoods, you know what I'm saying? Like, the fact that like, in the wars, like with uh, the Vietnam War and Korean Wars, they would enlist Asian American soldiers, point them out to other soldiers and say, this is a goof killed someone who looks like him like there's so much to unravel so once you learn all this better understanding of how you can be um i guess how you can function in this society where we're now i think trying to become a multicultural you know what i'm saying so that's my last words but uh yeah um i'm also like an artist too <laughs> i'm not i'm not really an activist i'm literally just learning as i go <laughs> so yeah but um yeah so uh if i can so look if i can learn you can learn too that's what i'm trying to say mm. but uh, yeah if y'all want to follow up with me um you can find me everywhere at alan z music that's a-l-a-n-z music that's instagram twitter tiktok facebook uh youtube and all my music is on uh spotify you know pretty much every single uh platform so spotify apple music uh pandora title and it's under alan z yay go follow him his music is dope I also wanted to say um, thank you too for like making music and like being creative um, and also like putting your activism in that as well. I think that deserves a lot of respect, especially during this time when it's like kind of, it's, it's hard for me to be creative during this time because I'm just like frustrated with the world. But yeah. Well, this is what's so weird is like, this is like the perfect time now to actually be socially conscious and not mm-hmm. be able corny because i remember a time in hip-hop when you know you had the you had the political rappers right and no one wanted to hear that shit everyone was just like oh fuck it get that deep shit out of here i want to i want to dance in the club right that's and now, true now people are like Where, where's all the conscious stuff <laughs> i'm like you hated it but now if you notice all the fluff rappers are silent mm. all the rappers that talk about selling drugs and whatever and they're not saying shit you know what i'm saying like they're not making music because it's like that that lane no one wants to hear that shit right now that's you true. Know, it's like a place to, to party in. And I'm not discounting them. It's just, you know, I'm not trying to hear that shit. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, just all that stuff about, you know, the, the materialistic stuff. I think people want to hear what's going on in the world, which is why, mm. like, if you notice in my latest Instagram content, like the, the, the raps I've been posting, yep. I've been about what's going on because I feel like it's needed. People don't want, they're not, they're not trying to hear like a, like a love song. From, you know, I make a lot of songs for women, songs for women, because that's my main audience. But even them, they want to hear what my thoughts are on you know the the asian and black tensions the anti-asian racism the you know how we where we stand with the protests all this stuff i think people want to hear knowledge now it's I'm, i don't know how long <laughs> i think it might just be like one of the trendy things and then we'll go back to selling herbal tea and, and pyramid schemes but <laughs> for now i think we should learn as much as we can while it's still uh you know 
everywhere for, for people to, to digest. Yes. So that being said, please go follow him everywhere. <laughs> <laughs>